starting it. Welcome to the Lomping Podcast. I'm Brad. I'm Tessa. Hi, I'm Lynn. And uh, this week's a little different. The regular crew. Just, you know, life happens. Couldn't make it, so I was going to record a mini-sode by myself. And then my wife, Tessa, was like, well, I can be on it. Did not expect that. And then we decided to call her dad, Lynn. So it's a family affair today. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Welcome, Dad. Anytime. What are we going to talk about? (laughs) So much to talk about. Well, what do you got? You got some notes open, I see. Well, we want to talk about Moneyball. Moneyball. One of the greatest sports movies of all time. Wow. I think that's a stretch, <laughs> but it was good. I disagree. I think it is one of the greatest mov- sports movies of all time, mostly because it's not that much about sports and mostly just a very human story. And Brad Pitt is great in it. Brad Pitt is very good. Do you want to give a brief overview? Of Moneyball? Yeah. It's the baseball made of money. Yeah. So Billy Bean was the GM of the Oakland Athletics and they made it, they were in the playoffs and then they they lost and they lost basically all their good players or Jason Giambi, their very good player. And so instead of trying to replace him, because they didn't spend nearly as much money. They lost that guy that went to the White Sox too, Matt. Is it Matt yeah. Damon? Yeah, somebody else. Yeah, they went to the Red Sox. Red Sox. Yeah. And then Jason John- Giambi went to the Yankees. Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon. Matt Damon's another guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's from Boston, Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah, he yeah. is. So anyway, <sighs> basically, he started this whole thing of analytics where he decided to build his team based on um the numbers instead of people that just they thought were talented because they used really weird arbitrary ideas of what was a good baseball player but it's so much more exciting than that because that's not (laughs) doesn't sound that exciting but somehow uh with the sorkin script and um it's great lots of walk and talking because it's Aaron Sorkin and I think that uh, that it's wonderful. I watch it a lot, like well, probably every three months. Wow. I, I think it's a really good feel-good movie. You know, it makes you, if you're down and you think your life is useless, go watch that movie and you're going to be out there uh, changing lives on your own because that's kind of what... Uh, Brad Pitt does of this character. He shows the human aspect and the possibility that you have that you can become depressed and feel sorry for yourself, or you can figure out a way how to get yourself up and out and uh, progress. Well, in any story like about like doing a thing that hasn't been done before is interesting, no matter what it is. And that's what this is, right? Right. Yeah, essentially, he believed in himself. He believed that he was possible that he could do it. 
And he was in an almost impossible situation, but he believed that there was a way out of it. And that's what I really liked about it. And it isn't as if he invented analytics. It was out there. It's what he he recognized that analytics was a tool that would get him out of the hole. He had he had to humble himself and recognize himself that that was a way to make the Oakland A's better. And that scene where he's making all the trades is the best. And he's just sitting in a room. It's true. Say. He has a young Chris Pratt. It does. And um, do you like Moneyball, Bradley? I do like Moneyball. It's pretty good. What is your favorite sports movie? My favorite sports movie? Yeah. Probably Coach Carter. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of rage in that movie. There's a lot of rage in that movie. What's your favorite sports movie, Dad? What's that one with uh, Carrie, uh, no, uh, what's his name, Cooper, that plays uh, Lou Gehrig, the great something of the Yankees. It's a great movie. Pride of the Yankees? Pride of the Yankees, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, there's a lot. There's I haven't a lot seen of that ones. one. How about Chariots of Fire? Yeah, that's probably my best. Yeah, yeah like you said chariots of fiber, a fiber chariots of fiber. <laughs> chariots of fire is uh, is definitely a great, and in some ways, it takes the same characteristics here. It's that the individual has to recognize what they have within them and uh, go against the system. You know, in life, we're all going to have to go against the system. There's going to be things that block us out, and do you have the courage to? to uh, go against the system. And with Moneyball, it's interesting. It's not really about the athletes. No. It's it's about um, you kind of get the opportunity to see what it's like to uh, try to put a football, a, a baseball team together. Well, there's not a lot of really compelling movies about uh, GMs. No. Like Draft Day, for example. Not as good as Moneyball. No, Draft no. Day is not as good as Moneyball. The 2014 Kevin Costner hit. Yeah. You know, it has a soft place in my heart, but it's not very good. You know, I don't have very many soft has, places has, in my heart for that. <laughs> has so. Chadwick Boseman. Does have Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And he has a girlfriend. Brad Pitt didn't have a girlfriend in Moneyball. So. It's true. Yeah. Well, another uh, interesting fact about Moneyball is that uh, Billy Bean never thought it would be a movie. And so they like optioned it and he would get, you know, money for them optioning it. He's like, oh, they're never going to make a movie. And then all of a sudden, they did. Brad Pitt's involved. They made a movie. It's a big deal. Yeah. I think the other side of this to discuss that nobody wants to discuss here is that uh-uh. what, what do you mean? Is that what, uh, what Moneyball represents as far as with baseball? Oh, you know yeah. how it really changed baseball, and you can say, you can say good or bad. Did the Moneyball philosophy create the disastrous Houston Astro thing or not? I don't know. Did it create the cheating? The, the Houston cheating, Astros, yes. Or the that we win at all costs, no matter what type of philosophy. Now in Moneyball, it doesn't seem like that's what he's doing, but yet. The people that went after Billy Bean and, and basically took this same philosophy and took it to a different level. And the the uh, GM of the Houston Astros and the owner definitely did that. 
Interesting thought. One could say. Yeah, I mean, they definitely don't talk about banging trash cans in Moneyball. But I guess that is the evolution. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's another thing about this is baseball is definitely like one of my least favorite sports. Well. But they make it really interesting. Well, last year, the Rays, basically, they are the example of a small market team that followed the analytics to a letter, did everything with hitting and that, uh, went for the long ball all the time, that sort of thing. And they got to the World Series and played the Dodgers, and they were boring. They were just tough to watch. It was a tough watch, in my opinion. You know, so is it made baseball better? I don't know. Certainly the movie was a good movie to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, the movie's great. Baseball itself is quite boring. But, you know, I don't know how to make it more interesting or if it's just more of a demographic base. You know, baseball fans are getting older. You You mean like me? Yeah, like you. Yeah. Yeah. That happens, you know. Yeah. Well, I I've seen times when baseball was really really boring when they had you know twenty years ago twenty five years ago where they had all these uh, two to zero one to zero games one to like Yankee primetime. Yeah, you know, and it was it was really it was really a tough watch. Pitchers dominated, you know, and that sort of thing. And then steroids hit, and everything went, uh, you everything know. Everything better. was exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything got exciting. So, you know, and that's controversial, too. But Certainly. Uh, but Moneyball, great movie. Shouldn't be great because it doesn't, you know. Well, the concept on paper doesn't sound great. Right. Like, it's about a GM. Trying a poor to, GM. A poor GM well, trying to put together a team. Is Moneyball the uh, Oakland A's of the of, of, movies. A, of movies? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of is. Should be. I mean, was uh, nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. The first baseball movie since Field of Dreams. Wow. Yeah. League of Their Own. Brad Pitt should have won. For Best Actor. Yeah, but he didn't. Who won? I don't know. Good question. It's impossible. To know, but he did. He did eventually get his Oscar. But he did. It would have been great if he got it for that movie. Did he get the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, I thought he got the Oscar for seventy-five years in Tibet or whatever it is. He seven didn't. years in Tibet. No, yeah, it seemed like seventy-five years when you watched it. Yeah, yeah. Really, really dry down. Oh man, Colin Firth won in two thousand eleven. For what? For uh, the King's Speech. Very controversial. People uh-huh. don't like that in retrospect. Really? I thought that was a good movie. Yeah. But I think Brad Pitt was probably better in Moneyball. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It's just a very unconventional, like we've been talking about, it's a very unconventional role. Like, not everybody could do that. He just has a lot of charisma. So is it really Moneyball if he doesn't take, since he didn't take the big money from the Boston Red Sox? I do have an issue with that. Every time he turns it down, I'm like, why? You know? Yeah, uh, that didn't seem, because he had the opportunity to break the Great Bambino curse and all that kind of stuff. And they did. They did, but without Without him. him. Yeah. They took that guy from the Yankees or whatever. But I think he's okay. Yeah. 
Are they any good this year? They were pretty good last year. Yeah, they, they were. The they were good. I have no idea. We should. We could go look. Yeah, we should. We should go watch a game. We got another week or four days. It's true. Are there any games this week? Uh, I don't know. If everybody doesn't know, we live here in Mesa, within a mile of the A's uh, spring training. And our address is <laughs> center. Well, That's you don't have point. to get your address, you know. Yeah, we we won't be doing that. We could though. Yeah, we could. We do have one listener in Australia. Oh, that's exciting! So, if you're that one listener in Australia, come and uh, watch uh, A's baseball. A's baseball here in uh, Arizona, and watch Moneyball because I definitely don't know if you'll like it or not. <laughs> Send us an email. Uh, be podcast. They do have some uh, baseball in Australia now. They do? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, not a lot. Still cricket's a lot better, but they do have some baseball. Interesting. Anyway, March Madness is happening. March Madness. Yep, we're doing a bracket and I'm getting killed. Who do you have to win? Gonzaga. A good pick. When I was in college a thousand years ago, I was we were in the our my college was in the same league as Gonzaga. Oh, I watched them many times. There you go. That's exciting. Yeah, Bulldogs, right? Yeah, yep. Gonzaga Bulldogs, Spokane. It's a Jesuit school. Oh. We don't watch any college basketball except for March Madness. Yeah, but it's very exciting. Lots of overtime games. Number four, the first day. Mm-hmm. A lot of close games today. Yeah. It's great. What's the 15 seed? Uh, Oral, Roberts. Oral Roberts. Oh, yeah. From Tulsa. Sweet 16, crazy. March Madness, man. It's just the sheer volume. I always say that in sports, it's exciting if there's a sheer volume of a thing, like tennis. It's exciting because there's so much tennis, which is the same with March Madness. If all sports could do that, it would be great. But football, you can't really can't do that. No, not really. Baseball would be hard. They need a big area. So when I was in college and they had March Madness... None of the games were were prime time. They were all after ten thirty at night. Yikes! Yeah, it was when basketball was on the downswing, and then all of a sudden it caught on. So it was hard. It was hard to find a game. You'd like wait for after the news to find to find your game, and then you'd be watching till one o'clock in the morning. Wow! My favorite part. Of March Madness is the Charles Barkley commercials. They're the best part of it, in my opinion. You don't like the basketball? It's good. <laughs> like, it's fun. Close games are great. Charles Barkley, arguably the greatest television analyst of all time. You do love Charles Barkley. I do. He brings you a lot of joy. He does. He's great. Pretty funny. 
What do you like about March Madness, Bradley? Um, I think you're right. I think just the sheer number of games is a lot of fun. There's usually always a few buzzer beaters. Yeah, there's always some excitement. Yeah. Always some, something fun about it. It's always kind of fun to see the prospects for the draft, too. Yeah. Like, you always get to see a few, at least a few of them that are supposed to be good. What's your favorite thing about March Madness? I like watching uh, the close games. You know, I think it's really interesting. I enjoy watching the really good teams. You know, I think in March Madness, you kind of, you know, you mentioned it's fun to watch the really good players, and I agree with you. But uh, it's really fun to watch good teams. And every once in a while, you get a really good player on a good team, and right. then they do really, really well. Uh, watching Baylor today, they were just amazing. You know, they had two guys that are just really good. I think Gonzaga is, you know, has two or three players, but they play so well as a team. And they've got a great coach that play together. And that when you see basketball, when people are unselfish and they're whipping the ball around, and, you know, that's really fun. That's really fun to watch. Well, and occasionally you'll get somebody that's really good on a smaller team that really gets to show their stuff. Like John Morant a couple couple years ago. Yeah. He all of a sudden's like, wait, who's this guy? Well, that uh, Oral Roberts, they were talking today, you know, they have the one guard that's really good and the play, you know, scores a lot of points. And they were saying, isn't it amazing? And Charles Barkley, again, we're going to charge Barkley, said that he's the leading scorer in the country. He didn't, you know. He should be good. He should be good. You know, in other words, he's just doing what he what he does. He always he, does. He always does, and everybody's surprised that they're winning, but he's the the leading scorer in the country. So, And there's no way we would get to see that unless it was in March Madness. Very true. Yep, always glad that it's here. Last year was uh, canceled. Very sad. Mm-hmm. sad. We do a bracket every year. My mom usually wins. Uh because she just lets the robot lets the it. robot pick, which is a lesson for us all, I think. <laughs> but uh, you know, we like to try. Be more trusting of robots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trust well, the robots. Well, this year it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, there's been so many yeah, upsets. Because you didn't really know, you know. Yeah, the shortened season really goofed it up. Yeah. Well, and it's really hard to know anyway. I mean, you can read stuff, but... Yeah. As previously discussed, I don't watch any, so... Who's to say? It's great. Great. Love March. (laughs) (laughs) Just just a general. Just the month. The greatest greatest people in the world are born in March. Yeah, I wonder... told. wonder when your birthday is. Uh, I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Lynn, you're really doing, you're really into Dutch oven cooking lately. I am. What? That's um, a whole different podcast almost. That is. In the, in the few minutes we have, why don't you explain what Dutch oven cooking is and then give some 
if you had to, if I was going to run to the store and buy one, which I know I can't because of COVID, what, what are some things I should look for in a good Dutch oven? Okay. So to, to make, what is a Dutch oven? It's a cast iron pot. And it comes in all different varieties. Uh, in America, when uh, the immigrants uh, came out, began to come over and uh, form the country, they brought iron pots. And there were several people that made uh, that uh, were metalsmiths and that that made iron pots and uh, to cook in off the fire. And actually, Paul Revere was the first person to make a. Uh, cast iron pot with legs on it and then the lid had a uh, had a little rim that came out about a quarter of an inch that enabled you to put coals and stuff on it and that was what we think is the first traditional dutch oven that we have now and uh, dutch ovens are designed to cook out of doors using coals uh, putting uh, coals on the bottom and on the top and you can treat them just like a Dutch oven. You can cook cakes and pies and stews, um, desserts, anything you want, cookies, breads in these Dutch ovens using uh, coals on the bottom and coals on the top. Um, it was your New Year's resolution to cook one a week, right? Yeah, I I have grew up in a family that my father cooked a lot in the outdoors. And so I decided to try to cook once a week with a different Dutch oven recipe starting at the new year. So I've been doing that. I've cooked um, uh, pot roasts. I've cooked uh, pork chops, uh, stews, soups, uh, chicken, cakes, uh, bread, three different kind of bread. So... If you're going to get a Dutch oven uh, at the store, you want to get a, uh, if you want one for cooking on campfires, you you want to get a 12-inch Dutch oven. They call it a number 12. Uh, and the best brand that you can get is probably Lodge, but any Dutch oven is, you know, that's been cast is probably good. And uh, buy a book. Most of the Dutch ovens come with a little beginner's book and read it. Tells you how to take care of the Dutch oven and work with it. I find it to be a blast. I really enjoy cooking with it. What's your favorite thing? Like favorite Dutch oven recipe? My favorite Dutch oven recipe. It's like asking him his favorite kid. Yeah, who my favorite yeah. kid is. And, like and, while, and while we're at it, who's your favorite kid? <laughs> Tonight, you, I guess. Oh, perfect. Uh, I knew it. Just kidding. I, you know, I made uh, for, for St. Patty's Day, I made an Irish stew. And uh, that's probably the dish, the main dish that I've had the most of is Irish, is not Irish stew, but a stew, a hunter stew using fresh meat and vegetables and making a uh, a meat broth and then thickening the broth and making a stew. It's it's really good. And next to that would probably be uh, uh, fried potatoes in the Dutch oven. And my favorite dessert is a uh, chocolate, um, I call it... Uh, 
I call it a, what is it, forest? Black forest. Black, black forest cake cobbler with um, raspberries or cherries and uh, a chocolate cake with uh, semi-sweet um, chocolate bits in it. And Sounds great. Ice cream. It's really good. Yeah. We're going to have that next week. Excellent. And potatoes. So, different Dutch ovens, though. Yeah, not the same. We're going to mix them together, the same Dutch <laughs> oven. Yeah, different Dutch ovens. Yeah. How many do you have? How many Dutch ovens do you have? I think I have six. Wow. Yeah. I, I've i lost a couple and sold a couple. So I was going to say, I feel like that's low. I feel like you had more than that. But yeah, I had more than that. But life, you know. Life. You just lose some Dutch ovens sometimes. I sold one. That's worth about eighty dollars now at a garage sale for five bucks. Weak moment. So, <laughs> you, you yeah. just really need five bucks. Yeah, I guess I really need five bucks. I don't know. Hope that soda was good. You know. Yeah, it was a, it was a, uh, Salt Lake Olympics. You sold a Salt Lake Olympic like. Legit yeah. Dutch oven? Yeah, it was at a scout fundraising oh, garage sale. Wow. So, his yeah. weakness. Your big weakness. Yeah. Scouting, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. But, uh, yeah, everybody ought to try it. And, you know. You can also use, like, if you have a cast iron. Yeah. You can also use it in your oven. Well, that that's that's what I want to say. You can, you can cast iron Dutch ovens also include all the Lake Crusade. There's several other companies that make cast iron with enamel in it, and the properties of the Dutch oven and how you cook are exactly the same. So we have four or five enamel Dutch ovens that we use that are, you know, of the Lake Hersey and that type of Dutch oven that I would highly recommend uh, using. The One of the things about the Dutch oven is if you've cooked it a lot, like, I made the stew in a Dutch oven that was 70 years old and that's been, it's cooked hundreds and hundreds of times and it had a, uh, it has a really good flavor in it that it enriches the stew or the soups that it's made in it as you, as you cook the seasoning, the flavor kind of comes out in your, in your dish that is really unique to a cast iron. Love a cast iron. Yep. Pan, skillet. Holds the heat, um, distributes the heat evenly across the pan so you don't burn one side versus the other. Love your Dutch oven cooking, you know. It's great, too. Yeah, you got to get out there and uh, watch me more so you can learn the skill. Yeah. Diss to me. Big diss to you. Yeah, it's all right. I should. I should. I like uh, the indoors more than outdoors. Yeah, that's just a <laughs> that's so, just a character trait of mine. So we should cook. We should cook with the Dutch oven indoor together. I yeah, guess. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah, with the briquettes. With the <laughs> with the briquettes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't think so. That'll no. work great. Why not? You know. So in short, Moneyball, two thumbs up. You should watch it if you haven't. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, I, I, it's a great movie. I was surprised. 
Were you skeptical going in? I was really skeptical. Uh, Two of my children recommended it. And uh, I basically think baseball, the way they went with the money, is kind of boring now. So I thought that it wouldn't be a good movie, and it was a great movie. It was uh, from a skeptic to a uh, fan. You're a believer, yeah. I'm a believer, not in the Moneyball way of doing things, but I'm a believer in the movie. The movie. March Madness happening. Happening. Good. Good. Two thumbs up on March Madness. Two thumbs up on March Madness. Two thumbs up on Dutch Evans. Get a 12-incher. Yep. Number 12. Next time we can talk about things we'd give two thumbs down to. That'll be exciting. There you go. Yeah. Things you things we things hate. Things we hate. <laughs> that would be fast and furious for me. So Yeah. Oh wow. Shots fired. Yeah. Well, thanks to the both of you. Yeah, this was fun. And uh I'm sure the lot B crew will be back. So thanks for getting us. You through. can all hope, you know. Yeah. We don't want to miss a Monday, so thanks for helping us do that. Um, this has been the Lot B Podcast. I'm Brad. I'm Tessa. I'm Lynn. Uh, every time. All right. Bye.